that's actually a pretty good segue into the last bill, right, which is SB 205, which was going to reduce the penalty for uh, unlawful possession of marijuana, which would have it would have just reduced it down to like a misdemeanor for possession, I think, or mm -hmm. right? Like it's really, really basic. And the sure it would be awesome, but it doesn't go far enough. Like they should just decriminalize it. I don't understand why they're still well. Okay, obviously everything you just said are the reasons why it's still <laughs> super illegal. But you know why isn't why isn't the public more like? decriminalize it you know i mean federally or statewide or something you know the south dakota we're one of the only states with a possession by ingestion statute and on its own um it may not seem like it's that bad but it's when when a prosecutor has a case and somebody has multiple drug charges from the same arrest they can automatically escalate anything to, any one of those charges to a felony and we all know about plea bargains and how that works and so we have such a prosecutor heavy criminal justice system they get all the tools to go after the bad guys um but then we're hurting good people in the meantime and people take these plea deals because they they're threatened with oh, you got a felony with 10 years so you gotta plead guilty to this misdemeanor possession that's not as bad but you're still gonna have a record you still might go to jail for 30 days pay a fine go through the system we're clogging up the courts it's ridiculous and other states just don't do it that way and our drug courts are a good example of how we can take something that's supposed to be really good and screw it up and so i i know there are people that have gone through drug courts and i i hope and i believe some people have saved their lives they've got the help they need but to me when i was looking at the drug court several years ago not to go off topic for too long here but south dakota debated it and i said this is awesome we're not going to incarcerate people we're going to get them help if they have addiction with meth or whatever um but unlike other states where they defer your sentence while you go through treatment and if you complete treatment they then drop the charges in south dakota nope you have to plead guilty you're convicted it goes on your record and then you go to treatment and so to me it, it defeats the whole purpose of what a drug court's supposed to be and then of course you know our drug courts are very limited. Um, I, now I'm hearing too, it really depends where you're at in South Dakota. Um, some counties are uh, backing off of these low level cases, which is a good thing, um, but it's not a good thing when the whole state's not even, and I hate it, I hate to address it, but um, um, your ethnicity and your income level uh, do play a big part in this. Uh, when you yep. look at our arrest statistics, people of color, Native Americans um, are disproportionately prosecuted. Um, that's, you know, perhaps not the intention of the officers in the field, but when you take these laws county by county um, and, and how they're applied, that is the end result. When you, at the end of the day, you're seeing more Native Americans filling up our jails and prisons um, and not getting the health they need. So it's really disproportionate and, and, and it's poor people, right? We've all known that person. When I was growing up, I knew friends, from wealthy families that did more drugs than anybody I knew. And they would never get in trouble. They get pulled over, they get caught at school, nothing, slap on the wrist. Uh, but my poor friends uh, were going were on probation the whole time, always getting in trouble, always being watched. And so sadly, it's, it's a big thing about who you know and which zip code you're in. And South Dakota is pretty divided in that way. In that way.
And unfortunately, when it comes down to it, uh, one, I agree with everything you just said. Numbers don't lie. Um, but another thing that you didn't mention, probably the only thing that you didn't mention, is it comes down to the mood of the arresting officer, um, unfortunately, sometimes. Mm-hmm. And I have personally been a victim to that. And don't let you have anything. Well, now it's okay with the medical card, but don't let yourself get caught with, you know, any form of concentrate. Um, because if you have, you know, even two, if you would have had even two cards, or if you don't have a medical card now and you get caught with concentrate, they could slap on a habitual offender with two different charges on the same case. Like, and then you're guaranteed to serve the maximum penalty yep. or possibly even more time than you initially should, even though that time shouldn't be served to begin with. So it's a, it's a vicious cycle, man. But like you said, it's crazy how, one, the whole country isn't on board. Ten hours away from here, you have people, you know, getting fed psychedelics to help with a variety of issues, and it's perfectly safe. Mm-hmm. And here you have, you know, one county does this, one county still arrests people, one county just says, take takes the weed and throws in the ditch, and the other person, you know, it, there needs to be some consistency, and I think that goes with education. I think that goes with um, things like this, man, where people are talking about it, and you get people thinking, because a, a lot of those people are close-minded and have never heard anything positive about it. Uh, so mm-hmm. it needs I to be think, heard. I think you're 100% like correct like right now the waters are very muddied and gray like a lot of people don't understand like don't know the law to start with and then you add a medical program great but you don't clarify a lot right so a lot of people are still super confused and like a lot of people have no idea that you know flour is like a misdemeanor right but as soon as that gets changed into something else that's a felony and yep. that's a huge leap. Like that is like such a vape a pen from Colorado is very risky here, actually. Yeah. So yeah, exactly. I got in trouble with one of those and the cop was not happy. It was it was yep. a pretty rough experience, honestly. Um, and that's a huge reason why I'm so passionate about it because you know, I'm not gonna say what the reason was for. Maybe you just hated weed. Um, but I was in small town, South Dakota, where there weren't too many people that looked like me. And I, it was the middle of winter, and you know I had my windows down, and that's why he pulled me over. And I don't really think that's that's a valid reason, but um, you know it got played out to to the whole plea bargain thing. Like I was threatened with felonies, and I was threatened with just crazy amount of jail time. Um, was I just had a kid at that time, and I'm like, dude, I want to go home to my son. Like, I smoked weed on occasion. Like I wasn't even smoking then, because obviously they would have charged me the whole DUI and the whole shebang. But yeah, and think about what that officer could have been doing with this time. That's one of my biggest arguments for legalization. Um, there was a study that looked at clearance rates. So that's the rates that police solve crimes. And um, in states with stricter uh, drug laws, they were solving less rapes and violent crimes. And about their what else should they be focused on? Things that actually hurt people. That's what jails and cops start. Like you go back to the Roman civilization, like the ancient times, there were people in these jobs to enforce, and it was to stop really crazy bad people from hurting other people. But somehow in America, it turned into um, let's police what people put in their body on their own time. And it's just wasted a ton of time. Meanwhile, addiction and overdoses are worse than they've ever been. And we've spent billions of dollars trying to stop drugs. Um, it's done nothing. It's made the problem worse. And um, I support, you know, 
full decrim of all substances, not just marijuana. And I support a public health approach to drug use. Anyone who uses a substance, uh, whether for medical or recreational, or they're suffering from addiction, there's a public health response that's appropriate, not a criminal justice response. I mean, someone yeah. trafficking fentanyl, that's a different thing, right? But people that use these things often need our help, need guidance, need support, need good information. Um, and should have access to things like drug testing kits, Noxalone for overdoses. I'm all for harm reduction. That's, I know, a whole other episode probably to get into, but <laughs> I love this well, stuff, no. you guys. I agree, can I man. Point, I agree. Can I point out one thing? Drug testing kits, that's another thing in the state that is mm -hmm. real witchy-washy, right? Like, it's it's illegal to have drug Paraphernalia. testing. Yeah. But it can save lives. Exactly. Like, that doesn't make any sense, especially with the fentanyl issue. Well, yep. crazy story. Oh, this is a little sidetracked, but this, the whole thing just made me think of it. Um, a separate instance, this was in Sioux Falls, like five, six, maybe a little bit younger, six, seven years ago, I got pulled over and I had smoked in my car the night before because I lived in a smoke-free property and they were very adamant about it. Like literally that people would walk through the apartments and sniff the hallways, literally, it's crazy. Um, mm -hmm. So I would, smoke, I would smoke in my car, and then I would go back in the house, go to sleep, and then I'd go to work the next day. So I got pulled over, and I think I got pulled over for my window tent or something. It's like 6 in the morning, super dark outside. You can't even tell. But anyway, I got pulled over, and the car smelled like weed. So they pulled me out of the car, and immediately it was like, we're going down. You're under arrest for suspicion of DUI. Okay, so towed my vehicle immediately. I get downtown, and they put me in this little room, and I, I cannot make this up. So it was two officers and a little a small video camera. And there were, if you remember from back in the day, like, or if you have kids, those stars that you would put on the ceiling and then like with the lights on, mm -hmm. it would soak up the light and then it would turn, when you turn the light off, it would in the dark, right? So he put me in this small room. It was like maybe like a four by four with two officers and a camera. And then he shined his flashlight on this star and they don't let it soak up the light, whatever. And he turned off the light and he goes, I want you to count to 30 seconds or stare at the star and count to 30 seconds. And I was like, okay. So I did, and uh, I started to count out loud. He's like, no, count yourself. And so I counted myself, and then we got done, and he was like, all right, what did you do? And I was like, count it to 30 seconds. Why did you do that? Because you told me to. How did How did you think, or what made you think that that was actually 30 seconds? And I was like, because I said one Mississippi, two Mississippi, three Mississippi. And he was like, man, I don't know. I can't get him to trip up on his words. Literally was trying to just sit in there. That was his way of determining whether or not I was stoned while operating the vehicle. And my, wow. I, had a public, I, was, I was real broke at the time. Like I had a public defender and I think it might have been one of his first, like maybe five, six cases, but he went in there and just with the DVD footage alone, like it was thrown out immediately. I still had to pay to get my car out. So even though I didn't get I never would have thought in a million years the glow in the dark stars would be used in a police interrogation room. On my son's life. Like I, I will never forget that. It's it's, it's insane. I don't know if that's civil uh, sorry. The yeah. False police department, if you hear this, you need to up your your standards. But man, I, that that shit was crazy. I want to see if I can find that DVD somewhere. That'd be funny to put on here. <laughs> it's that kind of stuff that makes people scared of the police, you know, like this like even medical marijuana like all of this right like me personally like every time i see a police officer and i'm sorry police don't come and get me but like i'm terrified like and you know i have no reason to be but every time i see one i'm like oh my goodness i'm not doing mm -hmm. anything you know like i'm 
red, white, and blue represent freedom until they flash it behind you. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> there you go. That's hilarious. But all right, we got a little off topic there. So Emmett, with, with your influence, um, and we've touched on this a little bit, there are some big things coming, hopefully. Um, and I, I know we like again we talked a little bit, but the whole campaign coming up for maybe adult use um coming up, hopefully like you said earlier, people aren't as discouraged, um, hopefully because it's going to be a presidential election year that will get more of a turnout. Um, whatever the, you know, snowball of reasons were, I'm hoping, you know, that's out the window because it's nothing but, you know, put up or shut up time. Because if we don't get it this time, who knows how long that's going to be. Um, so what do you, I what think you gotta we got to go all we got to go all in and we all have to work together and um the last campaign made a good run for it but it was uh too little too late uh not to discredit the grassroots the grassroots showed up um it was actually the industry my fellow license holders that i felt like did not show up so that could be maybe the one negative thing or criticism i'll share today it's that if you're going to be licensed uh, to sell these products and to make money off these products, then please put your money where your mouth is and support the act, the advocacy. Because if it wasn't for the advocates who changed the laws, you would not even have a market to open a business in. So I really get discouraged when folks come into the industry after we've changed the laws um, and, and are all about making money, want to, want to get into that. Um, but could care less about advocacy. So, um, and I'm, I don't think, you know, I'm not going to name names or anything. I'm just trying to say the industry needs to really get behind this. Um, and it makes business sense, obviously, right? Um, but also, if we get adult use, we need to make sure that that is not at the expense of patients, that we don't forget patients. In a lot of states where you have rec and medical, um, the medical is not taxed, but rec is. REC will have lower potency or lower purchase limits, medical will have higher. I wanna make sure South Dakota gets it right so it benefits patients for, with Genesis. I would love to see REC actually help subsidize a program that we can help get product at a lower price or, or even free to certain low income patients. So I wanna think about those things. But until then, we just need to make sure all of us need to be self accountable. We are good stewards of this industry. We gotta be good neighbors in our community. Uh, we should be involved in other things. Go to the MS walk, go to the cancer fundraiser, wear your, your company shirt. The, that's the type of stuff. We need to get public trust behind us. And then really it's get out the vote. So cannabis issues um, do better in presidential elections because younger people and independents get out to vote. Um, but we have to get our message to them. And I think that was one of the issues in the last election was um, 66 counties across the state that, you know, getting ads in every little town newspaper, getting digital ads online, billboards along I-90, all that stuff costs money. I would say to confidently make sure we win in two years, we need to raise at least $2 million. Um, so I hope every license holder will at least put a budget together. What can they uh, chip in between now and then? And um, we're already talking to some other companies about doing fundraisers and events. Um, and getting organized. Right now, we want to get our company up and running. We want to get through the legislative session. I'd say by the springtime, uh, myself will at least uh, start getting more involved in the planning for 2024. Um, so I think we have a, enough time right now. I think the next presidential election um, should be a big election. Um, and that's why we won in 2020. You had record turnout. Um, and also, it's not a partisan thing. 
people need to, you know, we want to bash Republicans because South Dakota is run by Republicans. And it seems like they're the ones shutting us down. Um, but actually, you know, polling is showing now a majority, the Republican voters, if they do want limited government, they're on our side and we can get Republicans and conservatives. I'm one of them. I can attest that to me, I think it, it fits our values of limited government, and personal freedom. Our governor loves to talk about those things. Let's apply it to cannabis. Um, so our messaging should work with South Dakota voters, but we do need to make sure we get young voters. We get Native Americans from the tribal uh, counties. One of my uh, concerns has been with recreational now available um, on some of the tribes um, that maybe those voters won't be as motivated. Um, but when you talk to them about the social justice aspect of it and the fact that there are tribal folks off tribal land still getting arrested, it's an issue that impacts them a lot. Uh, and then, you know, people right now with cards or maybe they're they're buying Delta 8 products and they say, I don't need it legal. I got access. I can go get a 5000 milligram chocolate bar. So there's a lot of things kind of working against us, too, at the same time. But there's a right way and a wrong way to go about it. We need to make sure it's a well-written law and we still have time to do that. And honestly, I, this might not be the right opinion, but my opinion is I think we need to talk about money. I, I want to talk about justice. I want to talk about arrests. I want to talk about all that stuff. But South Dakota, we have video lottery for a reason. People wanted the money, right? So if we can talk about the fact that 80,000 South Dakotans use marijuana, and in my market analysis, I think the market's worth half a billion dollars annually. That's 1% of South Dakota's GDP. The last campaign didn't talk about that because that wasn't part of the initiative. Um, I'm not an advocate for high taxes, but I think the way we get this passed is we put a tax on marijuana, on recreational, not medical, and that tax, if we can beat that drum and say, let's generate, you know, $100 million a year in South Dakota, we can pay our teachers more, we can pay for Medicaid expansion, we can pay the county sheriff a little more, I don't care, but we can, we can do so much more with this money. Maybe we can repeal the tax off groceries that they almost did, and they screwed that up. I wanted to be there and say, because they're going, hey, we, how can we give up this $100 million a year? I wanted to say, then legalize weed right now because you can replace dollar for dollar the grocery tax with the marijuana tax. And I, I think money is going to be a big part of this. So that's, as you see me get out there, I'm probably going to be talking about the money, the jobs, the economics, because I think that's I think that's what's going to help us win over, you know, the middle of the road people. They don't like marijuana. So if, if I'm someone that doesn't like the smell of it, I don't like it. I might be inclined to vote no just because I don't like marijuana. Well, if I'm hearing about the $100 million a year and how it can improve my life, maybe I'll vote yes, because I'll go, you know, it's a good idea um, to tax something. Um, otherwise, it's just left unregulated in the black market um, and the state as a whole doesn't benefit from that. I got two things that will convince almost anybody in this state that, you know, a tax on recreational cannabis is a good thing. One, how many potholes do you hit on your way to work every morning? Yep. Two, two, I read this article a little bit ago. Um, in the in 2022, there was over $135,000 in debt for school lunch program in the city of Sioux Falls. In the city of Sioux Falls, almost a quarter of a million dollars for school lunches. And how many public schools are there? Only five or six in one city. So that's only $100,000, man. You could pay the teachers better. 
give the, these kids free food. It's a public school. They're free food. I mean, yep. even if you did a low number, and let's just say 50 million or 30 million, do you know how many lives that you could literally change with $30 million well allocated, well allocated through the state? Like, and that's what the they did in Colorado. Their law had a school capital investment fund. The first hundred million generated from marijuana went specifically school fund and it helped build new schools and install air conditioning systems and get new books in the libraries and it just went toward making the schools better um so it makes sense I believe, to me i believe they call it an met tax right like a marijuana excise tax yep. um one thing i think we should maybe note is like in most states when rec does like get legalized the medical patients don't generally have to pay that tax like mm -hmm. that's just on the rec people um but you know i think it's great that you point out the money aspect of it because that i think is part of part of the industry that nobody talks about enough mm -hmm. right like nobody's talking about how much money they're how much money is there for the taking that we're just not capitalizing mm -hmm. on whatsoever like we have some of the worst paid teachers in the nation right like give them a raise you know or the grocery tax i i just was when i was looking up these bills earlier i saw mm -hmm. that it it died you know which is like man you know like the one thing that would have been great but can't have everything i guess but you know but the marijuana maybe we'll that in the initiative so what maybe that marijuana we could write that in the initiative maybe that uh dollar for dollar you know once we hit a certain threshold with marijuana tax once it exceeds the revenue that would be lost from groceries it would repeal that or something you know maybe that could be tied to it i don't know i don't want to complicate it because they threw out amendment a because they said it was too complicated so but point is yes there's money on the table that we're missing out on and at the same time minnesota is about to legalize it how many people are just going to drive to laverne from sioux falls and we're going to be just like the casino in iowa um people just drive you know i know people that will drive to the iowa border just to do sport betting on their phone like you can't stop people you know <laughs> so there you go so same thing now with marijuana with if iowa nebraska minnesota legalize it south dakota is going to fall way behind well, yeah i'd rather drive to the border than the deadwood so mm -hmm. <laughs> that's the only other spot yeah well, and i don't think like the the state legislature they're not taking like the fsst program into consideration whatsoever mm -hmm. so like if they had passed these bills that would have restricted people from getting cards they would have just stopped getting cards and they would just go to Flandreau because it's a half an hour away from Sioux Falls. And there you can do telehealth and you can get your card the same mm -hmm. day and you can go shopping the same day and it's pain free and it's easy as heck. And I think like the state government forgets that that is there and that is a competing entity against the South Dakota medical program. So everything that they do to bash the South Dakota mm -hmm. program elevates you know the flanger program essentially oh. which is like you know the exact opposite of what you would think it's that they great want. for flandrew and i'm yeah. happy for them but if i was a south dakota lawmaker i i don't know how i could look at that and not you know do something about it i would i would guess three-fourths of the patients in flandrew are not uh flandrew sioux tribal members they're they're people that look like me that live in sioux falls and drive up there and get the bait 
and come home and South Dakota doesn't get anything from that. So, yep. And then you used to have those highway patrolmen, you know, sitting outside the interstate mm-hmm. waiting for those guys to get out. But yet people were still going. So it's crazy how people yep. can, you know, yep. risk human nature risk going to jail, risk going to jail, but yet not. I'm sure some of those same people aren't, you know, risking to be an advocate and speak up and be like, look, this is what yep. we need, man. So you can buy it where you're at and not have to drive. Yeah, like personally, uh, like personally, I like I went to Flandreau. Well, it was already after I had my South Dakota card, so I mean, I was double protected. But there was a sheriff sitting outside of the dispensary. Like I went inside, shop, came back out, still chilling there. Like that's so intimidating, you know. Like why? That's illegal. You're not like the police. Your windows weren't down. They couldn't pull you over. Your windows weren't down. <laughs> <laughs> right. So you're trying to get rid of the get rid of the smell. Yeah. That's why I stopped you. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and you know, like and even that, like it creates so much confusion for patients because they a lot of people have no idea that they're completely separate programs or that when they purchase cannabis on the reservation, as soon as they leave, they're technically not protected under the law. I mean, it's a super gray area, and I hope nobody is getting nope. pulled over. I haven't really heard any horror stories lately, so I'm not sure that, like, that's a huge issue right now. But it could so easily slide backwards if we don't keep holding people accountable. All right. So, Emmett, I've heard a lot about you when it comes to this, you know, specific thing. I've heard that you are the infused product guru. Um, so I know you said you want to have a full menu here in May or April, whenever you're planning on opening up, but, um, you want to maybe keynote a couple specific things that people can look forward to when it comes to the infused product. Yeah. Thank you. So when I was in Las Vegas, um, as general manager of Silver State Wellness, I, um, got to learn about so many different types of products for Packer, several brands. Um, Dixie was probably one of the more well-known ones. Um, also Mindy's artisanal edibles from Cresco Labs in Chicago. So we made everything from gummies to hard sweets to chocolate bars to chocolate truffles to uh, juices and sodas and even um, got to launch the world's first cannabis infused non-alcoholic beer. Um, that was Las Vegas, so that's more for adult use. Um, but I, I got to work on a lot of those different types of products. So in South Dakota, um, I'm starting off with just very simple because I want to get people affordable relief and I want to get moving quickly. So gummies are, um, the number one selling infused product in every state where it's legal. We know that's what people want. They're familiar with it. It it tastes good. Um, it's predictable. It's evenly dosed. Um, so we will get gummies to market first. We'll have four or five different flavors. Um, we'll have a couple different brands. Um, we may be looking at like a gluten-free and a vegan gummy. As you know, gelatin is not uh, gluten-free uh, or vegan. So um, I want to look at some of those options. I also want to get into topicals. Um, that will come at a later phase. Um, that Those do not sell as much. And so I wanted to focus on the big sellers. So I can get some revenue coming in, get my company going, get people what they want, and then I can start to work on other things. And I wanted to see what other people try to bring to the market, right? I haven't seen a whole lot yet, 
Um, but if someone in South Dakota can do a good job on a balm or a lotion, then I might just stay out of that. If someone fills that niche and they do a good job, I don't need to make every product. I don't want to. It's a lot of work. It's a lot of different equipment, um, but I'm ready to go. So it's going to be based on feedback. So we start with the gummies. I also have something else I'm working on that I call Buddha balls. Um, if you've ever been to Chiba huts in Colorado, never heard of Chiba hut. So it's kind of like a stoner themed sandwich shop. Uh, you uh, definitely take okay. note of Chiba hut. You're gonna have to go to a Chiba hut someday. All right. So Chiba hut has these um, goo balls, they call them. They're just little round uh, rice crispy balls. They're either peanut butter, cocoa puffs. So they're chocolate. It's literally rice crispy and marshmallow. They're kind of sticky. Um, they're really good. I'm going to just do one single serving rice crispy bowl because marshmallows are pretty easy to infuse and they're cheap. Um, so that's the other thing too. You know, I don't want to just give people a lot of sugary things, um, but it's also about affordability. Um, and, you know, making the experience too. Some people have come to me and said, you know, why would you sell candy if it's medicine? And I go, first of all, we don't call it candy. Only other people do. I call these confections. Uh, candy is for kids. This is medicine. So uh, I do I sometimes police the words that people use to like, I don't use recreational. I use adult use. Um, but so they come to me and say, why would you do candy and sweets? Well, you know what? If you're sick and you have cancer or you have MS or pain, who cares if something tastes good? We're trying to help you. Like, you can get your Flintstone vitamins in a gummy. You can get melatonin in a gummy to help you sleep. Like it's part of the experience. And so what if we have a little fun too? So what if I have a Jimi Hendrix poster in the lobby? Like right. we're trying to help people forget that they have a disease and that they're trying to heal themselves. And so it does need to be done the right way. I'm a big believer in food safety, food science, having the testing and the standards, the quality control in place. Um, you know, we don't want... Uh, recalls. We don't want people getting sick. We want people to know what they're getting, what's on their label. Um, and that means having standards that are, it's not cheap to do this. Um, we're going to be GMP compliant here. Um, so that basically means that we, every part of the process is consistent and validated. And if, you know, there is a deviation, you quarantine that batch and you inspect it and you figure it out. Nothing will go out the door unless it has been inspected for quality multiple times including the label, the ingredients, all of that stuff. So I want to make good products, fun products, products that taste good. Um, I haven't talked about concentrates yet. So that's something else. The market I'm hearing a lot about people want concentrates. Um, you know, I, I know more, yes, more experienced cannabis consumers um, do like concentrates. Um, they, you know, rather than joint, you can do one, uh, serving of a, of a concentrate or a dab, um, and it can go a long ways a lot quicker. So we want to get really high quality concentrates. Um, we have a, uh, we're going to use like a butane uh, propane blend, um, solvent-based extraction, as well as solventless. So we'll have multiple options. And because I'm the infused guy, like you said, I do want to point out this is a new market. Some people hear the word butane and they go, what is this in my vape pen? Okay. Every food that is flavored has had that flavor at some point extracted from something using even much more dangerous chemicals. The process, it, you know, can sound scary when you talk about butane, but you also purge it and clean it. And the end result, the distillate is supposed to be pure THC oil, as pure as it can get. And you remove any solvent from it. So it's not going to be in your vape pen. 
Um, but you, with that pure THC distillate, you can do a, a million different things with it. You can, you could uh, eventually make a soda if you broke it down even further. You can put it in a vape. You can turn it into uh, a shower. Um, the, the, the sky is the limit. We're going to have a state-of-the-art extraction lab. That's the part I'm really excited about because we're going to be able to uh, process tons of biomass. <laughs> get some bait pens to the market that taste good, that work. We're, we're, you'll see, um, you know, we will have a couple different brands with um, uh, some higher quality brands with the best ingredients, the best components. We may have a brand that's a step down um, that, you know, for example, the high-end flour might be in a glass jar. We might have another line of flour in a plastic container. Um, it doesn't mean it's the, the flour is a lot worse. We're trying to give you more options to save money too, right? Like I can get the plastic container for a couple pennies where the glass jar is, you know, closer to a dollar. So um, the packaging makes a big difference too in, in how you get the product to people. So, um, but yeah, I'm looking and looking forward in May to having those types of products available, not just at Genesis Farms dispensaries, but across the state. And people are asking for them and I can't move fast enough. And I just keep telling people, <laughs> If I could move faster, I would, but to set it up the way we are, it, it, it does on average take 18 to 24 months to set up a company like this. I've seen it in other states. We're pulling it off in 12 months. So we just got licensed here in Box Elder last March. So we're just coming up on our one year anniversary and we are, you know, we are growing right now. Um, our lab is still under construction. We'll be ready in a couple months. So we'll be right at about 14, 15 months for from start to finish becoming fully operational. It doesn't matter if you do it first, uh, as long as you do it right, man. It sounds like you guys have uh, a lot of hoops that you've already jumped through, and you have some, you know, that are going to continue to come on your path. But man, that was we're trying, <laughs> we're trying, and we're not getting ripped either. This, I know, there might be a perception if we've got all these licenses. I have seen some stuff on Reddit or whatever, like, oh, the, you know, they're just in it for the money. You know, um, get to know me. Come take a look. We're going to be doing videos, too, in our facility. And you'll see this started. One of the owners, Justin's a patient. My family has patients. Um, we are so far from making money. It's not even funny. Uh, but we are doing this to help people. And maybe the business will be successful. And maybe we'll get adult use in two years and, and can have a successful business and create more jobs. But right now, the focus is quality. Um, one other thing I just want to make sure I, I don't forget is the strains. We have 45 different strains, so we will have a huge variety of strains. Um, some of these genetics are amazing. I'm still learning about some of them, but we'll have, um, you know, hopefully a wide range of potency and different cannabinoid profiles, different tastes, different looking buds. Um, and so that'll allow us, it, it doesn't mean we'll have all 45 available at all times. We, we will kind of rotate, you know, we'll keep the, the most desirable ones all the time and rotate other ones. So can I ask a, a question? Um, like people obviously like reach out all the time. They're like, hey, it'd be sweet if, you know, we got THC sodas. Actually, that's the one that mm -hmm. I've heard constantly is the THC sodas. Everybody wants those. That's the one request over and over. Are you guys going to create an avenue for people to like, submit requests so you guys know what the people are looking for 
I don't have a plan for that, like specifically, um, other than, you know, I do take seriously feedback at the store to bring back to the manufacturing center. Um, we should, and I, I love your idea. So I probably will come up with a form or something or a survey that our patients can fill out. Um, you know, the soda is interesting. It's, um, it is very difficult to make and it's very difficult to make it shelf stable. So it's one of those things in small batches, if it's going to get sold and consumed within 30 days, uh, you can put really good products out there. But if you start making beverages that are bottled or canned and they're going to sit on a shelf for two, three or four months and not sell, uh, THC will start to separate and stick to the container, not the, the, the liquid, um, unless it's uh, emulsified, which requires millions of dollars of, of equipment and, and effort. So beverages aren't off the table, but they're not going to be, you know, in play right off the bat either. See, all of the things that you just said are very technical. And <laughs> like, it feels like I'm talking to a scientist right now, but I like that you're also like fun and you recognize the fact that it's still marijuana and there's still like a level, a little yep. bit of a level of goofy funness there. Like there just is no matter what, because it's marijuana. Yeah. Like, yep. It's been an under the breath thing for so long that talking about it openly is like such a big deal so i think that that's great i don't have a Jimi hendrix poster but maybe i'll have to get one nope. I, I don't either I was, actually someone else does it was just an example so that's awesome i love it well, though yep kind of kind of you know just to wrap it up a little bit um like you said going off the money thing man i only know of one dispensary that is making money on a consistent basis and that, yeah, I mean, it's what's one spot, and it's because of the, their low overhead and the way that they've done things behind the doors to make sure that they can do that. Um, and location. Than, yeah, oh. I mean, location's huge for sure, and being the first one open in a certain area is, is a big part, too. Um, you, you know, you get a chance to build those customer relations before they even go anywhere else. <laughs> um, you know, our industry here, not to cut you off, but you just kind okay. of brought something up, which is when everyone applied for their licenses a year ago, um, Amendment A still hadn't been overruled. And we were also voting on, um, on Measure 27. And so what we got is an industry set up for a recreational market. We have like 30 or 40 growers. We probably have 300,000 square feet of flower canopy across the state that's gonna produce tens of thousands of pounds annually um 60 dispensaries but then we have 7,000 patients and many of them right. don't have the income to buy that much right they spend a hundred dollars a week at best so it could mean that the, the the patients will get more affordable product for a while as there's more product available than needed but businesses will not make it i think in the next year you're going to see who you've got on your show right now who you see you know out there open right now a year from now it could be a lot different a lot of people yep. aren't going to make it i'm very sad about it that's the risk everyone took we're prepared to stick in this for the long haul i've always told people do not put your life savings into this um you you, you really prepare for what you're getting into and there's tons of risks and sadly i just i think our industry is up for um a big shakeup this summer as these grows start to go into their second, third cycles of harvest, they're going to start to go, really, do we really want to sell pounds for 500 bucks? Um, and how can we keep the lights on? They're not, they're going to start closing down. I've already heard of a couple, so it's just kind of getting started. And with dispensaries, I've heard of a lot that got licenses that aren't going to even move forward. 
Um, so we'll see. I and sorry for that kind of sad note at the end here. You just oh, made no. me think of that though, because you're right. There's maybe one or two that are really, you know, steady business right now. Everyone else is kind of struggling and it's because there's just too many of us and it just is what it is and stick in there, downsize, be smart, be, keep the patients at the center of your mission and, and we'll see where it goes. So I heard this, um, like a week or so ago, I was talking to somebody who owns another business, uh, several businesses, um, but one specifically and when it comes to cannabis, but they were saying, and I, <clears throat> I've kind of been, you know, debating on my point of view, I guess, from this aspect since then, but he, they were like, you know, honestly, they should have charged more for a license, um, for the state for two reasons. One, it would have kept the people that, you know, weren't seriously committed to it for the long haul out of it. And two, it may have given well, it would have given the state more money um and they may have allocated that towards you know a better program or a better team of people who are more experienced and from out of state mm -hmm. and other industries to help police or oversee this thing that they honestly have no idea what they're doing um because the state has had so much turnover when it comes to this industry already like all the people that i was talking to and i'm sure that you have talked to over the last couple months aren't there anymore and who's going to replace those people somebody else that worked with corn or did life insurance or something like there there needs to be the state needs to be held accountable when it comes to that um and i'm not saying go out here and charge a bunch of people money but at the same time like if you need a little bit of extra money and you're using that for the right reasons one legalize adult use two if you don't want to legalize adult use because the voters unfortunately didn't vote for it um raise raise the money another way and use that money for the program that apparently everybody like you said there's been so many bills hundreds of bills over the last two three years when it comes to this, when it comes to this and 90 percent of it's based on ignorance or based on hearsay or someone else's opinion or something that they've been drilled into their head over the years like none of that is actually oh i think this is detrimental because a b c and d i've experienced this i've seen this with my eyes there, there is none of that at all no state has done it right you know there's no some of these debates about how to like issue licenses i've been part of them and people ask like how would you do it well there's no real right way like ultimately if the government's going to limit licenses then it has to pick winners and losers um and if you keep it a wide open free market then you get a wild west scenario. Everyone's got a license, there's shops everywhere. It's out of control. It's kind of like Oklahoma. Um, so there's really no right or wrong way. Cities have gone about it totally different. The rules in Sioux Falls are different than the rules in Rapid City. Um, so we just have to adapt. And unfortunately, I haven't really come up with the solution to some of those issues. You know, it's it's the state can also only do so much. We gotta be careful not to put all the blame on the state. It's no, sure. uh, the federal government. We didn't talk about that today, and I know we're running out of time, but that's another big part of this problem. And we're still working on issues with the federal government. We're still getting unfairly taxed because of a federal tax code that views us as drug dealers. Um, and I don't see Congress passing a law this year or even next year, to be honest. So, um, so there's a lot of blame to go around, but we have to stay positive, stay focused yep. on the patients, and and just keep pushing. And and I think I can tell you guys are in this for the right reason. And I like to believe I am. And, and we're just trying to do our best job, you know. 
Absolutely, sir. I mean, do you have any questions for us at all? Like you said, we're running out. We can go on. <laughs> we could probably keep going too. But. Um, no, I, I just, I like what you guys are doing. We need all this community needs to bring people together. Uh, next time I'd love to do this in person. I can bring you some Genesis shirts and hats and, um, I'm going to encourage people. I'll definitely get on social media, make sure I share your episodes and point people toward the podcast. And, um, no, I guess I would, you know, maybe ask y'all to consider too, maybe not just have industry folks on here too. I think we should hear from patients, maybe a yep. doctor or a nurse, if you can get one, that kind of stuff too. Um, you know, some people look at me and just tune out. They just let's see this guy that's in business, but maybe a nurse, someone could tune in and go, you know, I'll listen to the nurse or something. Um, mm -hmm. So just a, just a thought. And um, I know you've had four episodes. I'd love to hear from some of the other growers out there. I'm not a grower, so I always like to hear from them. Um, but yeah, no, just keep up the good work, you guys. And I really appreciate being on here with you today. Absolutely. So I'll give you, you gave us a little bit of a sneak peek. Um, so I'll give nope. you a little bit one. So I'll, I'll, I'll break some ground here. Um, we have two uh, grow supply businesses. Um, one's local and one's going to be West River that are, have been asking to come on the show. It's just a matter of time, time because I work a full-time job and everybody's busy. You know, it's hard, especially when you're not in the immediate area and we just got a crazy snowstorm. Um, but we have at least two growers um, that are, or two grow stores, grow supply stores that are supplying a lot of the local growers. I have uh, at least one or two actual growers that work at a cultivation clinic that are wanting to get on. Um, and countless patients ha have hit me up asking to get on for sure. Um, it's just, uh, it's it's hard, man, to make the selection process because I want to get, a, like, we want to get a lot of good information out there, but we want to get it from the right people, you know, help build us up so we can get more people tuning in because if we only have 10 people tuning in and eight people are tuning out because they don't like the fact that i'm a chiefs fan then yeah. <laughs> then we're you know we're effed but if we build that up and you know we get all those people on then the episodes with the nurses and the patients and everything else are going to get a lot more attention and they'll be listened to and dissected in a better way versus just oh well what is this this is a new thing like I want them to get to know us and ex you know get to get to build an expectation for what we're here to provide. Um, like you said, I mean, we can only hope that we're in it for the right reasons. I, I would like to think that my head's in the right spot, and I know Alyssa's is as well. But mm -hmm. we just we need to work together, man. There's a lot of people out here um, that are doing it for the right reasons, and we just need to band together. Uh, there's nothing else that's going to help. Yeah. And it's I mean, a big state. Like marijuana has literally like seeped into every aspect of my life at this point, you know, like it's my whole day to day. So, he, he, I mean, yeah. Like, well, yeah, what's he doing you're this? a documented drug abuser, right? So, yeah, yeah, according to <laughs> Just the doctor, kidding. <laughs> ridiculous. Yep. Hey, yep. And then when it goes to sharing those links, make sure you tell those yep. people that this link is safe. <laughs> you won't yep, get your Instagram yep, yep. back. That's right. That's right. <laughs> Uh, you guys, you, you, you're trapped like I am. Trust me. I've had times where I thought, oh, I should just go get a, a regular job at a call center or something. I don't have the stress. And it's like, no, it's never going to, as, as much as I've thought about walking away from it, it won't happen. I'll probably spend the rest of my life doing it. So 
Just um, to pay my bills, I started working at uh, like a cabinet nope. company building stuff. And dude, like I guess nope. I have a, I have a bad back, so uh, I'm doing it just to pay the bills. But literally all day, every day, I'm just like, man, I want to get back in the industry. I want to, nope. you know, or just the podcast alone. Like, what are we going to talk about? Who are we going to talk to? What new news is out there? Um, nope. Yeah, I mean, that's all that we're about. So, um, marijuana is not addicting, but marijuana businesses, and so is marijuana activism. So. That war on drugs, man, it'll get you. That's like yep. right on the that's right on the the spot right yep. there. That's one hundred percent accurate. Plus, like after this, what do you do? You know, you put this on your resume. Oh yeah, I hosted a podcast about <laughs> the industry in South Dakota. I'm super qualified. You know, yeah. get doxxed real quick. Oh, shame on you. <laughs> shame on you. You spoke your opinion. That's not like that's not a human right. Nah. How dare I? <laughs> Well, so, uh, oh, closing plug, if I just say, go to genesisfarmscannabis.com for everyone out there listening. Um, you can sign up for updates on our website, so you'll be the first to know. And uh, we look forward to serving you soon at a store near you. Thank you, sir. I greatly appreciate having you on here uh, again. Like I said, local what. Well, uh, infused product guru and weed celebrity so i, I love it man uh definitely uh, you guys are nice. there's a lot of good anytime here. my pleasure thanks for all you do absolutely thank you sir